Tori did a good job, didn't he? Well, we're glad that the Vogels made it home. And that was a great testimony. And at the end, although my message is not about being creative, we want you to come out and pray for people who want that gift to to get released in them because that's really important. Whatever your gift may be in creativity, it's lots of ways. Hey, I wanted to tell you about the Arkansas River that they brought up. Uh, This is the Shepherd's Rod, 2009. Uh, this is really the best one ever. Uh, this Bob and Jones and Bonnie Jones uh, wrote this, and um, <clears throat> it's really good. It's got a lot of stuff in it that's um, that will speak to your heart. And uh, so he's uh, he's coming at the end of January, so he, he's going to can tell us some more stuff behind all these words that he's got. Because some of them are pretty pretty. Uh, a lot of it has to do with your heart. A lot of it has to do with the, the nation and what's going on in our nation right now. Some of them are shaking. It's kind of shaking feeling when you read it, like, woo. But uh, I'm looking forward to him coming. and um, So I just really encourage you, if you can try to make that those meetings at the end of January. They're on the website, but this is going to be a interesting year that we're going to have ahead of us. So, amen? amen. That's from the Arkansas River. That's the prophetic river, if y'all didn't know that's the Arkansas River it's the prophetic river and the Lord has given us the prophetic river amen that's awesome isn't it okay I wanted to share with you today just a little bit uh some of it's just going to be review for some of you but this is really important because I feel like the Lord really told me to share this this morning I had other plans but um I think this will can really help us in this moment in time that we're in um What I want to talk to you about, first of all, I want, I want to review with you about the open heaven, okay, that every believer and every true church has an open heaven, okay? That is biblical and true. Uh, the problem is we've really not known that and not really had revelation, and, you know, the Scriptures talks about the, my people were destroyed for lack of knowledge, and when we don't have revelational knowledge on something that's true, we don't, we can't tap into it, but... Let's just read Mark 1, 9 through 11, and, and uh, I'm just going to review these right quick. It says, In those days Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening. And that word right there, the heavens opening, literally means he, the heavens, in the Greek language, the heavens were torn open. They were ripped open, like somebody tearing a piece of paper or something, just tore it apart. And so the heavens were torn apart when Christ was baptized, and Christ himself was the open heaven that walked on the earth. Everywhere he went, there was an open heaven. He brought the open heaven with him. He himself, you know, was the open heaven. And it says, The Spirit, like a dove, descending upon him. And, and a voice came out of the heavens, You are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. And see... Really, if you really study, and we're not going to do that, but if you study these scriptures, it really describes what happens under an open heaven. The Holy Spirit comes. There's a revelatory voice of God speaking to who we are as people primarily and sell, you know, selling the issue of that He's the Father and we're sons, true sons and daughters, uh, which is really good, but we don't want to go on. I can't go on and all that. I could get into that, man. I mean, that is some good stuff in there. But God has... That's when the first open heaven really happened as far as, you know, when Christ walked the earth. 
And then at Christ, when Christ was dying on the cross, Luke 23:45 says, "The sun was obscured, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. The veil of the temple was torn in two. Same Greek word there. The veil of the temple was literally tore apart. So only two places in the New Testament where it uses those words, where the veil of the temple was tore apart, signifying that the way into the holies of holies had been, had been opened up and never to be closed again. Okay, proven to us right now that we have an open heaven as believers. We have this open heaven. Now, the problem is we haven't really, under, like I said, we haven't really known that. Now, let's go to Genesis 28. I'm just giving you the, the brief view. Uh, this is the first time the open heaven is really mentioned in the Bible. Uh, Jacob had a dream, uh, Jacob's ladder. And he saw angels ascending and descending on the dream on the ladder. And of course, in John 1:51, Jesus uh, explained that he was Jacob's ladder, and there would be a you know open heaven on the Lord Himself that connects us between heaven and earth. It says, then Jacob, Jacob in verse 16 awoke from his sleep and said, "Surely the Lord is in this place." And I did not know it. Everybody say, "I did not know it." See, that's one of the things that fools us about the open heaven. See, we have in our mind that certain things are going to be, uh, you know, if, if we have an open heaven, everyone's going to know it. But the truth is, we can have an open heaven and you miss it. God can be in a place and you totally miss it. And that has been proven throughout history that God can be somewhere in a very real, tangible way and, and we could totally miss it. Many times it's because we're looking for God to manifest himself in a way that he's not particularly doing that moment. Uh, that's what sort of religion does to you. Uh, then he says, this is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So, you know, the body of Christ, the church, the true church is a gate of heaven. The true, the true, every true local congregation, every sincere true believer that sincerely follows has is an open heaven, has an open heaven, has total access to the heavenly realm. Okay, now, now really what God has been trying to do, I believe, in the last couple of years, at least in my life, is teach me about the open heaven and teach me that I have an open heaven. Okay, and teach me how to access this open heaven and live under, under this open heaven all the time, not just when I'm in church, but all the time. And I know that's a stretch for some people to believe that, but it's the truth. And so what we've got to do is begin to line up our lives with the truth. What, this, what is the truth? And when we begin to live according to what the truth says, then our lives will change according to what the truth is when we align ourselves up with the truth. Well, um, the reason I'm sharing this, this is what happened to me Wednesday night. We were going to, you know, in our soaking in breakthrough meeting, uh, was the, one of the meetings that I didn't have to do anything. So I was sort of looking forward to, to coming to the meeting and not have to do anything except for just receive. It's really great to come to church just to receive, right? But the truth is, this is the truth. If I only did that, I would be bored with church in two weeks, you know? Because God didn't come, God didn't get, we are not called just to receive. That's why a lot of people are bored with church, because they come just to get something, okay? And if all we do is get, it's boring, and because it doesn't, the get and quits, and we just become a dead, a dead sea kind of, person, uh, but every once in a while, it is really nice not to have to do something, you know, just to sort of dial into something for yourself. Actually, I went up doing stuff, but it was because God was blessing me so much. But as I got ready to go lay down over there on the floor and soak right at the beginning of worship, um, 
And we got this guy here wanting to play electric guitar like his daddy. He's just like father, like son. He's going for that guitar up there. That's good. Um, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, this is what he said to me. He said, you know you have an open heaven here, don't you? You know you have an open heaven here, don't you? And I said, yes, Lord, but how do I cultivate an open heaven? How do I cultivate this? In other words, how do I take care of the open heaven? How do I cause the open heaven to grow in my life? And how can I take, you know, take advantage of the open heaven? And then I, once I got comfortable, I don't know about you, but when I lay down on the hard floor, it takes me a minute to get my body used to, to the hard floor. You know, I start having to twist around and get my back in a certain position. But once I got comfortable and just got still, the Lord spoke. Well, here's how what He did. He brought three memories to my mind immediately in succession. One, two, three. And these all three memories had one thing in common. Okay, and these were memories from 1999 to about 2001. That's when they happened, the situation. They all had one thing in common. In every one of those situations, I had an attitude of pride in my life towards some people or towards a church or towards, or towards a situation. And I realized, oh, my gosh, what, I didn't, you know, I've got pride in my life. And, and that, those attitudes I had towards those people, those church, that situation was arrogance. I was arrogant. So I said, Lord, just, I just ask you to forgive me. I repented. And, Lord, I'm going to humble myself. You know, that's what the Bible says to do about pride is to humble yourself before the Lord and by acknowledging that you have pride. I humble myself to you, Lord. So what I saw, see, I saw what God was saying to me. I saw when I asked the Lord, how do you cultivate an open heaven? And what he was saying is you cultivate this by humility. You cultivate, and, and here's the way humility comes. Humility comes when the Holy Spirit comes to you and reveals something in your life that's not right, that's, that doesn't line up with him, that you immediately acknowledge that, you immediately embrace what he's saying, you humble yourself to him and allow him to deal with that thing in your life which I did at that moment. So that's what I was seeing God was showing me about how to cultivate this, this open heaven. And then he brought a scripture to my mind, which I wanted to read this one scripture, which added it came, wound up being four scriptures. Uh, the first one is Matthew 7, 1 through 5. And this is what he said. Now listen, we're talking about having an open heaven. We're talking about the heart issues in us that God wants to touch so we can access his world as a normal part of our life. Uh, it says, Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you can't notice the, lo uh, the log that's in your own eye? So, so really, when, as, as when we begin to judge people, because we don't really have a right to judge people. It is, it's like a log. It's like, and, and really, the, here's the way it is. There's a Holy Ghost fire and there's a fire from hell. Okay? This is a log that's thrown on the fire of hell that's in our life. And the fire of hell has fuel suddenly in your life when we begin to judge. Uh, how can you say, um, let me take the speck out of your eye and behold, the log is in your own eye. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So really what God is saying to us, if you want to experience heaven, you, you've got to get that log of judgment out of your eye. You, you've, got to, you've got to quit judging because when you judge, it blinds you, your ability 
spiritually to connect in with what God's doing with your judgments because we have no right to judge. Okay, so he wants... That's the thing. Now, I want, uh, here's what I want you to do. As I go through this, I want you to be open to the Lord, bringing into your mind, bringing your heart, areas of judgment. Okay? And to, to me, that's one of the greatest manifestations of pride there is, is judgment. It's when we judge people, we're sitting in pride, thinking that, we have the, that we're something that we're really not. All right, the second thing the Lord brought to, to me was uh, Matthew 24:10. It's about being offended. Okay, offense, being offense. Not offense like on the football team, but offense like somebody brings offense to you. It says at, at 2410, speaking of the last days, at that time many will fall away. Uh, many will fall away, not a few people. Listen, we're talking about there's going to, you know, you've heard the terms great falling away. It's, it's because of the offense that's going to come into the world. See, we're living in a world of offense. There's more and more people being offended in the world. And I don't know if you remember back in the early parts of the fall, that was one of the words the Lord, uh, He gave me these instructions, which I never really preached that message, y'all. Practical wisdom for this moment. Okay, and one of the things He told me is, and I think I did share this with you, is be careful about the spirit of offense because there's offense coming. And honestly, I hate to tell you this, what I've seen since then, I've seen some marriages fail. Okay, I have seen friendships dissolve. Okay, because people got into offense with each other. Okay, there was an offense that rose, and it's a spirit that really wants to attach itself to people to be offended. There's going to be things that come. It goes on and says, uh, men will betray one another and hate one another. There are going to be things that are going to come that are going to offend you. Let's face it, you are going to get offended. There's no way around not being offended. But it's what you do with the offense when it comes. Uh, actually, the Lord reminded me of that thing. God ref- will offend the mind to reveal the heart. Uh, God is one of the greatest offenders there is. Okay, if you, hang, you know, if you hang around God a lot, I mean really hang around God and get closer, He will offend you constantly. He goes after your mind to tell you your mind has got too much control. Your mind's on top. So when we begin, when we have this, when we, if you are a person who's easily offended, okay, you need to be real careful, okay? If you, and if you've got offense going in your life right this moment towards somebody, you really need to really pay attention to what's happening to you because it's so easy to be offended. It's easy to get offended at your spouse. I mean, me and Becky had some knockdown, drag-out fights over nothing during this time. I mean, I'm telling y'all to be careful about being offended. I'm so mad at her, I can't hardly breathe because of some little... Re- I mean, we had this big fight, and we realized, duh, is this stupid? I mean, we're fighting over nothing. And we're fighting on theoretical, about theoretical things that aren't even real. It's because... I'm serious. It's because something was operating there. So I really want to encourage you about... Uh, dealing with your offenses. When you get offended, deal with them. And there's a right way to deal with them. And there's a wrong way to deal with them. Uh, because once, uh, if you don't deal with them, there's this other log that the devil will throw on the fire. It's called anger. Let's read Ephesians four twenty six and 27. Don't you love how God is practical? I mean, don't you love that he, in one moment, you know, Victoria's over here talking about this Lord, this angel coming and trying to help her. Okay, which is you know part of the open heaven, and the next minute he's talking to people about being angry. You know, they, they all, it's all it's all an inclusive part of the open heaven. It's all you know. There's the angelic realm. There's you know 
smelling stuff, seeing stuff, you know, all these wonderful things, but there's also stuff like being offended and, and, and being upset, you know, being mad at people and stuff like that. All that is all divinely connected. Uh, I'm learning it's divinely connected. Ephesians 4, 26-7, Be angry. So the Bible says there's going to be a time of anger. Remember, Jesus got mad one day and, and just got wild, got crazy, man. He got crazy mad. You know, started beating people, throwing stuff. You know, that's why I can justify tearing stuff up and throwing it from up here. Remember, I t- <laughs> hey, Jesus did worse. I mean, you know, you think I'm throwing paper. What would you do if you were throwing tables and stuff? You know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I could get in big trouble like that. <laughs> just because Jesus did something don't mean I automatically can do it. <laughs> Especially start throwing people out of, the, out of the temple and all that stuff. But beating people. I mean, what you know? What, what would happen if he came and he pulled his belt off and started whipping us? <laughs> what would we do? You'd be like me, man. When my daddy pulled his belt off, I would take off literally running. <laughs> Problem is, he could outrun me for some reason. I'll tell you this story. One time my mama was going to whip me. and She didn't whip me with a belt. She whipped me with a switch. She'd get a switch off the tree. And I saw her get that switch, and I took off running. And I guarantee you, I ran at least an eighth of a mile. And she was right behind me, man. (laughs) Finally, I stepped into this place where there was really, like, it was really, uh, where I grew up, it was real sandy soil. And there's a place, you know, it was a roadbed. And this is real thick sand, and my shoe got caught in it. And I grabbed, went down to grab my shoe, and when I looked up, there's my mama like this. I mean, and she wore me out, man. And you run. That's the way they used to do people in my day. I don't think people whip their kids like that anymore. But when I grew up, you'd get a whipping, buddy. And she would, and she would literally say, she'd be put in jail today for saying something. Like that. I'll cut the blood out of you is what she'd say. And it was a keen little switch. And you'd have stripes on your legs when she was sued. You, you know, it'd be little red stripes all over your legs. So that was the way they whipped kids in those days. Now I, gotta, I can't say what I was going to say because everybody think my mama did it to me, but she was a good mama. But um, back to anger. Uh, it says, don't let the sun go down in your anger. In other words, what we had to do is when anger arises in our life because somebody has offended us, the Bible tells us, okay, be angry, but you've got to deal with it. You can't let that anger set in you. It has to be dealt with. In fact, uh, it... It, if you do, don't, you, you, it says it's, don't give a, uh, the devil an opportunity. In other words, if, if you allow anger to set in your heart, you have opened the door for the enemy and you've given him an opportunity to come in. In other words, you have, you have, the devil has just thrown a log on the fire of hell in your life because of the anger that's in you. And, and so you see, we've got to deal with the anger in us. We've got to realize, I've got anger in me about this. I'm mad at this person. And we've got to deal with it on some level because if you don't, you're going to be blinded to what God's doing. You're not going to be able to connect with God in a real way, in a way that you really need to connect with Him. You know, are you connecting with me right now? I mean, this is really important. So you have to decide, am I going to indulge this anger, which a lot of us do, actually. We indulge our offense. We indulge our anger and just sort of feed on it and think about it and rumble. How many people here have arguments with people all the time, just but they ain't really there? You're just rehearsing it in your mind. I'm not, I do that, man. I can have war some people out. I have won more arguments like that, you know. But they, there was no real argument. But I was offended. I was mad at them. And I stated my case to them. And, of course, they weren't there to defend themselves. So I was able to easily win the fight, you know. 
But if we don't deal with anger, there's a, another thing that happens to us, that, that ha- and it's called resentment. Okay? Resentment or as uh, seething hostilities is, is another word for resentment. It's Ephesians 6, 4. This is a great verse. It's, we think it's just talking about parenting, which it is, but it's also talking about us. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Uh, I love the way the Amplified says that. It says, do not exasperate them to resentment, okay? But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So what can happen, we get this resentment in us towards people or towards situation. Let me, I wanted to tell this little story about me. Uh, and honestly, it's not my mama's fault, okay? But I was thinking about that song we were singing earlier. Uh, you know, I build you an altar out of my broken life or something the ruins of my life. I was saying, you know, I grew up, my, I had a broken life, honestly. I mean, a real broken life. My, I, I, I grew up a real messed up, broken person. And, and because I was really messed up and broken as a child, and again, what my parents thought, it was my fault, is I didn't, because these things were never dealt with him, I responded to people out of this messed up heart, messed up life I had. Well, a few weeks ago, three Saturdays ago, I had a day by myself. I like to be by myself, but I, somehow I got in my mind, the notion in my mind, reading about my football team from high school, okay, the Raiders. And I'm wondering if they, they played for the state championship yesterday. I hope they won. They did beat Independence last week. I mean, that's a big deal. Independence was like a powerhouse. Anyways, that's another subject, high school football. You know, which is better really to go to a high school football game than in a pro football game, okay? Because people are into it and they're not just sitting there, you know. Y'all don't understand that. We got in an argument the other night about that. I was telling people they're crazy for throwing their money away for going to pro football games because it's just a sort of a boring thing at the game. Now, I like pro football on television because I can walk away or go to sleep, but being there, it's just like, why? This is so boring. Nobody's really into this. Anyways, back to this messed up life that I had. Uh, I got on, you know, the alumni from Richmond Senior High School. I got on their website and signed up and all this. And then I was looking at some some photos of classmates that graduated with me, that I graduated, that I actually went to school with all my life. And I was looking at them. The first thought that came to me was, man, what happened to these people? They got so old. (laughs) You know, they was, I thought, these people are really old, and the women didn't turn out that good. <laughs> the girls that I liked, I was thinking, man, I'm glad I didn't really go after them, because they really didn't turn out. I got a good one, man, you know. She turned out good, you know. But uh, as I was looking, and looking at them, I realized there was something in me towards some of those people. And I realized there was this resentment in me towards them. I could feel it on the inside. I could feel resentment rising up as I looked at them, and I thought back of the memories of them. And, uh, and, and, and I was, as I was doing that, I was saying, well, what is this? Why do I feel this way? Because it was not a good feeling. I was going from enjoying myself and feeling you know, peace and happiness in the Lord to the feeling this oppression on me. And I realized I had, I had resentment towards things they had done to me, or maybe I had perceived they had done to me, when I was a child going to school. And I realized I really did not have good feelings about all these people. I had really bad feelings about it. And the Lord began to speak to me and told me that I needed to forgive those people. Okay? He really started showing me that you've got to forgive them, Byron, because you have resentment down in you. And this is, this is stuff that I didn't know was in me. 
Okay, it was hidden from me. But the Holy, I was at that moment where the Holy Spirit was showing me something in me that was wrong. And I had a choice to respond to Him and respond to what He was showing me that, at that moment or not. So I, I, I just sort of said, Lord, you know, I started praying, Lord, I just want to forgive these people. And, you know, I'm asking you to bless them. And, uh, you know, just really, you know, just sort of speaking life over them instead of speaking the feelings that I had, which were negative feelings, real negative feelings. And as I began to do that, the Lord revealed to me that I needed to ask them to forgive me for being so hard-hearted and mean-spirited towards them and, and, and for not letting them know the real Byron Wicker because they never knew me. They knew this hard boy who was mean-spirited. And, you know, you can imagine part of the problem was they was probably having to, somebody's probably out there now having to re- ask God to bless me and forgive me for, for treating them the way I treated them growing up. And so as I began to do that, you know, I began to get, start feeling freer and freer on the inside. And then the Lord said, Byron, you need to forgive yourself for how you were growing up. You need to forgive yourself. Let yourself off the hook. And I did. I did. It was really a wonderful moment in my life because I got rid of resentment that was down in me so far I didn't know it was in me. But I'll tell you this, I could tell it was gone. I could tell inside of me that something was gone out of me that was in there before. I felt freer. I felt there was like a freer flow in my life to be able at, at that moment. So I think one of the things that we all have is we have stuff buried down in us that we can't find on our own. In fact, I don't even suggest you look for it on your own. Here's what I do suggest you do is ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if there's something in there that he wants to deal with right now. And it may not be. You know, there may not be anything he wants to deal with you right now, but I bet you there's stuff. You know, I talked to you recently about God breaking open the deep. He wants to break the deep open. You see, that's what he's doing to break the deep open. He goes deeper inside of you, gets things further and further deeper in you that you don't really realize. It's just the dead men bones. It's the bones of your old man, your old life that need that, that's plugging up the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life, getting them out. And then if you don't deal with resentment, the next thing comes in your life will be bitterness. There's a bitterness on some people. Let's look at Hebrews 12, 14 through 15. Are y'all good? Yeah. Remember, we're talking about the spiritual realm. I like carrots, man. I'm talking about, give me a carrot, baby. I'll go after this. If this is going to help me get into the spiritual realm more, this is what I want. You know, listen to this. This is remarkable. Uh, Hebrews said, Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. Now, notice what it says. It's first peace with men. In other words, your relationships with other people and your relationship with the Lord Himself, sanctification, will affect your ability. Ability to experience the open heaven. If you don't get, if those two things are not right in your life, then you're going to have a, a difficult time, a really hard time of experiencing the presence of God, the anointing of God, all the things, okay, that are happening in the spiritual realm that we should be experiencing all the time because Christ died for us to have that. Are y'all, do y'all see that? Yeah. It says it right here. 
Is it up there? Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification, which no one will, will see the Lord. You know, you're not going to be able to connect with that world. It's going to blind you. It's just a big, fat log jammed into your eyeballs. And there's no way to, to see the Lord. There's no way to see God in a situation. Man, I mean, this really can make a big difference in our life. See to it that no one can come short of the grace of God. In other words, what he's saying, the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, seeing the Lord, the open heaven, is all part of the grace of God. It's something that God has freely given his family. It's not something we earn. It's not something we have to work at. It's something he's given us. It's something we learn how to walk in. That's what we're doing, is we're learning how to walk in the open heaven. We're learning how to live like that. Now, y'all following that kind of thinking. It's like we're learning how to not live like orphans. We're learning how to live like children in a family because we've lived most of our Christian life like orphans because of the the orphan spirit. I think that's pretty good myself. Uh, So we're learning. We're, We're in the process. God's teaching us. He's walking us through it. Okay? See to it no one comes short of the grace of God that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble and by it, by it many be defiled. The root of bitterness, the thing in our heart that really is, uh, if, if infects our life. So I was asking the Lord, uh, you know, about sharing this with you. Like I said, I really, because this is sort of, you know, honestly, this is sort of the, the ABCs of Christianity, everything I'm saying to you. Uh, and when I was asking him, I got this email, and I had this little thing on my computer that pops up when I get an email, and it has a little title to it. And it said, this is what it said, as I was, right as I was asking the Lord, do yourself a favor, forgive. Okay, do yourself a favor, forgive. And I, <clears throat> the last thing, that's the last thing I wanted to read to you, is about forgiveness. It says in 2 Corinthians 2, 10 through 11, if you remember in 1 Corinthians, there was a man that was in the church that was really a bad man and did some bad stuff, so bad that they had to throw him out of the church. You know, it was a big deal, throwing somebody. It's hard to throw people out of the church, honestly. I mean, it really is. When you have to ask somebody, you're not really welcome here. That's a major deal for the body of Christ to have to do. But you know, sometimes those things have to happen. Because those kind of things can defile the church. And it's not a happy day when that happens. Because people get upset when you do the right thing. And, and people get upset when you do the wrong thing. <laughs> you can't win. So you forget about the people. Like, what's God happy with? <laughs> That's my conclusion in all of it. Lord, let's make you happy, and then we'll worry about everybody else. Because <laughs> if you're happy, everything's going to be okay. That really should be our motto in life. Make God happy, number one. And then try to work it out with everybody else. Make the, you know, I'm sorry you're not happy with this decision, honey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's rough when your wife ain't happy with your decision. Why are you doing this? <laughs> I've had Becky tell me that when I was two, and I believe this is what the Lord wants. And I, Why? <laughs> going to be okay. <laughs> this is what Paul said. Later they went on to help the guy. You know, he went out and obviously this man repented and really wanted to be back part of the church and 
So Paul was saying, you got to let him back in. He's, he's right, you know, let's, let's help the guy. Let's restore him now. Let's, you know, see his life redeemed. It says, but one whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, I did it for your sakes in the presence of Christ. So, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan. For we are not ignorant of his schemes. Meaning this, Satan, one of Satan's greatest doors into our life is unforgiveness. If we got to realize that, so all the things, you know, being offended, anger, resentment, all that bitterness, all that stuff. See, those are just doorways, and what and, and the remedy for for what we do is we forgive. That's what we have to do. We don't. We have to forgive because Christ forgave us. And this is what I learned about forgiveness because I've gone through some stuff. I had to forgive people, and honestly, I didn't want to forgive them. If I'd have had my choice, choice on, I'd have never forgiven. But I knew I had to. But I couldn't find forgiveness in me. Okay? Sometimes you just have a real hard time finding forgiveness in you. But this is what the Lord revealed to me one day. He said to me this, Byron, I've forgiven you a lot of things. So you have forgiveness in you. I have forgiven you for a lot. It's in you. And when he told me that, I knew it was the truth. Because I look back on my life and I realize all the things that God had forgiven me for. And I realized I could tap into that forgiveness that He had freely given me and I could give it to other people. And I'll tell you, it's a liberating thing to forgive somebody. It really is it's liberating. You get free. And truthfully, this is what happened to me through both of those situations. When I responded to the Lord, I didn't, you know, when he showed me pride, I responded to him. When, I, when he showed me my resentment towards my ex-classmate, when I responded to him, what happened to me was I got bigger on the inside. I literally felt lighter as a person. I, I can't, that's how, only I can, there was a, there was, I was carrying something in me that I, I wasn't conscious of it until it was gone. And when it was gone, there was a, light, a lighter feeling inside of me, a lighter sense inside of me, and there was a feeling that God could flow more through me than he could before. And I would have never known that except for me going through it. That once I did it, it was like, you know, I was walking around all my life with this, or much of my life with this burden on me that I didn't know was there. And once it was gone, I realized, wow, this feels a lot better. I feel good, man. This is great. And I think God really wants to bring the church into a place of seeing into the realm of the Spirit more and more and living from the heavenly realm and living in an open... I told Becky, she was fussing at me about something yesterday. I said, well, I'm, I'm just living in an open heaven, so I ain't worried about it. That's just the way I look at it. And God's releasing things on me. God can release the open heaven on you at home, at work, anywhere you're at, in the car, because that's what it is. That's what He wants us to do. The open heaven is ours. It belongs to us. We're, it's, it's our inheritance. It is not some magical far out there on the fringe kind of thing. It is what Christ has given us. And he simply was asking the, the body of Christ to step up now and begin to walk in the open heaven, walk in what we have, learn how to live with it, learn how to cultivate your life, learn how to take care of it. Amen? Amen. So let's just respond to the Lord. You want to respond to the Lord? Just pray this prayer with me, okay? Pray this after me. Holy Spirit, 
Examine my heart. Show me any areas of bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness in my heart. Let's just take a minute.